What is phase two? New day is done. The day of the Power Cosmic Podcast. Gathered from around the galaxy comes the world's greatest comic book fans all in one terrific podcast. It's the Power Cosmic Podcast. With your host with the most, the man who puts on Terrific Con, the world's greatest Comic Con every August at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut, Mitch Halleck. Joining Mitch each week will be an assembly of his terrific super friends. Join them as they talk about comic books, movies, and more. It's the Power Cosmic Podcast. Power Cosmic Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Power Cosmic Podcast video edition. If you're listening to this at home, put the thing up to your eyes and close them and pretend... Jerry and I are there. I, of course, look like Brad Pitt. Why, Jerry looks like George Clooney. Hey, Dr. Nick. <laughs> Hi, everybody. See, I just improved my looks. Hi. You might remarry. Hold on. You might remarry me. You, you might. Hi. I'm Troy McClure. You might remember Jerry Ordway from such movies as, Hey, Don't Put Your Pencil in That Hole, or... <laughs> or i condiment i'm not religious uh no uh, i had a good joke there but i forgot that wasn't really funny but anyway do you know he's been dead for like 23 years now phil hartman, phil hartman. Oh, yeah that's that was just, just a way, just a way to, to bring the show right down right in the first 30 seconds hey everybody remember a dead guy that was real funny yeah. <laughs> And we just go into that. So, yes. Oh, should we do that? Oh, the other day, I was on a Poi Scout, Cub Scout, uh, whatever these things are called, Zoom things. And I was their guest. They were really scraping bottom. And I was the guest. And I said, oh, how many people are on this thing? They go, 50. It looked like the Brady Bunch. Oh, that's funny. All these little squares and all these kids. And I'm like, what is happening here? And it's very awkward because they're all like, Right, and you can't really see them because they're too tiny as a thumbnail. Yeah, but and then the funnier thing is I would talk about comic books and how comics are made and how all you would get is one kid. <laughs> and the rest can't see him, but I can see him. Like, <laughs> yeah, what, what's your question? How much money is that worth? Um, I, I, I'm a thousand dollars. Okay. And then we Where start, you live? <laughs> how much money is that worth? Uh, about a thousand dollars. Okay. <laughs> and then, a, or you get this, you got 50 people and you, you, get, you got the audience, everything's good. And there's that one guy and you look over and you see this kid like, <laughs> Bueller. What? What? So that throws you off your game. So if anyone's doing any zoom meetings out here or speaking, the best thing would be is to paint uh, eyeballs on your yeah, eyelids. Yeah. So when you fall asleep, it looks like you're staring at the guests. <laughs> But it was awkward. Have you done more than you just do these? Am I your only Zoom? Yes. I've done other podcasts, but they're all audible. Just just you know. I know, but it's awkward to do the visual thing, isn't it? Not anymore. No, not anymore. You're like like my thumbnail on my thing is so small I can't tell what I look like, so I just have to go with go with faith of uh 
not being too horrible or having yeah. that. It's, it's, it's been an interesting. Or something. Does it seem like it's been three months since it yeah. started? It does. <laughs> You're yeah. like, yeah. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Initially, I kept thinking, like, well, we didn't know what day it was because we didn't have, like, right. any thing that you did. Like, right. Comic Store Day was Wednesday, so that was something to base the week on. Yeah. But uh, without that, it felt like it initially felt like it was going slow. But then I realized that May went by in a blur, like really fast. Because I remember like thinking, oh, it's, you know, Memorial Day. And it's like, wait, how did, how is it tw- the 20th? Wait, how is it June 1st? I don't remember so, April. I, I remember March Yeah. when this started. Because it was, it was really a traumatic time. I don't know about you, but I was so worried. I was afraid to even go outside on the deck and get a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Because you, you didn't know what was going to happen. And it's right. like so dire. And the news was so bad. And it was like, this is it. I really thought this, I think this is how it comes to Well, it. they put a good scare in us so that we oh, would they stay, did all right. stay home, you know. And it yeah. worked. It worked. Yeah. You know? No, no. And I mean, the, the numbers prove that. So that's, imagine, again, we talked about this. Imagine what it would have been like if people weren't scared into staying home. Yeah. You know, people be dying in their houses. I mean, not everybody, obviously, but there would be no way to get into a well, hospital. I'm, I got to. I got to admit, I'm I'm secretly very proud of the restraint that people had in the last yeah. couple of months that actually made it to stay home yeah. in the Northeast because this is a very independent area we live in. I mean, yeah. you got the the New York attitude, which is like Ugats, I'll do whatever the hell I want. It's a very rebellion <laughs> town, and the fact that they listened to authority yeah. figures. Oh yeah. Said I okay, I'm not going to go out of my house if that's what's going to do it. And everybody yeah. nobody nobody left and the numbers they went up but then they started going yeah slowly down so It's easy to forget that they had that Javits Center set up as an auxiliary hospital. Well, you know what and then they had the field hospitals in Central right. Park and I told my butt and then they had the ship come in and I said, "You know, it's like when a snowstorm comes around here." You don't know, but you always prepare for the worst because yeah. what if it's a blizzard yeah. and we have 10 feet of snow right. and you don't want it to be, but you got to be ready for it. So when yeah. it comes out to be a foot of snow and you're like, oh, that's not, it wasn't as bad as you're it could have been. disappointed though. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. thing. It's, yeah. Oh, it's only, there's only a hundred thousand deaths. You, you're not disappointed, right? No, like, no, not at all. But yeah. And same, same if, if they predict two feet of snow and it snows and you only got like a foot of snow, you're like, thank you. You yeah, know, I know, I know. There was like, no. I mean, it was not a, a fun couple months. I mean, people did get sick, people did die. It wasn't a, a fantasy. I mean, it was it was pretty bad. You know, yeah. it still is pretty bad. Yeah. But because of that, again, we're on the happy topics here. Uh, well, two, we're into two. We're two weeks right. Two weeks into the comic store, or three weeks? Is this the third? Uh, they opened officially l- two weeks ago. So okay. Yeah, yeah. May twentieth. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. yeah so two we're, weeks ago. Yeah. Right. So, so they open up. The good news is comic book stores are open and we're starting to get new stuff, new books. The bad news is that I told you yesterday is I was going to do this podcast and just tell people how very sorry I am that this will be the first time in eight years since 2012 I have not produced a comic book convention for the month of August because of the COVID-19, the coronavirus stuff. It, the, the logistics the safety protocol to actually think that you're going to get 20,000 people in a room for three days. We had safety protocols. We had six foot distancing. We had partitions. We had hand sanitizers. We had temperature checks. It wouldn't have been fun. 
you know, and you, the well, whole you would have to limit people from coming in. You could you only would have ask, had to reduce the attendance. Yeah, because right, Medica is saying what a hundred people, maybe a hundred fifty by you know July. July. Yeah, for outdoors. But I'm That's saying so they're, yeah. they're not taking into account people coming into a big room. So no, and I there's said, no physical way of doing it. And the, the entire weekend for three days, everybody would have been on pins and needles. I think everybody yeah. would have been walking around like the guests. The attendees. I know I would have been, you know, pulling whatever's gray hairs left out of my head because the whole time you would be like, "Oh my God, you know, is that guy okay? You know, wash his hands, wash his right. hands." You know, Jerry, that guy's, get him, <laughs> get him. That guy's not wearing his mask. He touched Jerry Ordway. <laughs> Boil Mr. Ordway, and we're lowering you into like a vat of like boiling Purell because I told you they need the. We have like the dunk tank, like at the fair. It would be a dunk tank of Purell. So if something right, 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 coughed right. or something, they would just put you in the dunk tank and then go down. No, it was it was just going to be crazy. But uh, dude, until last week, I had the plans, I had the blueprints, and I had the floor plan, and I was spacing. And you everybody. had a good guest list too. A very a different bunch of different people this year. You're going to do Justice League, the voice actors you're going to have. I had the Justice League voice Steve actor Bruce. cast. I had Jimmy Palmiotti. I had Amanda Connor. I had Don. I had Steve. Doug Jones. We were just yeah. talking about what we do yeah. in the dark, or yeah, what we do in the darkness. Things, the yeah, the, right. What we do Vampire in the dark. Show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had from the new show Snowpiercer, that train show, the movie. I had the uh, actor Stephen Ogg, who's from The Walking Dead. He was going to be there. I had Where Nicholas Hammond. Oh, Spider yeah, yeah. Spider-Man wow. was coming. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of people. Walt Simonson, Louise Simonson, uh, Brett. I don't think, did I announce Brett Blevins before all this happened? Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Well, you, you hadn't really, you didn't really do any unveiling once. The I did no, because what happened is when this thing first started in March, that's how far it's been since it's been since St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. March 17th, because I stopped doing announcements then saying, you know what? It doesn't seem cool right now with a lot of people sick and dying to be like announcing a party and hey, we're going to celebrate. So I thought that would be disrespectful. So I didn't announce any guests thinking it would be because they told us at the time, remember, it's going to be two weeks. And then they said about three weeks we'd be locked down. And then it started getting to be a month. And then it started getting to be two months. So well, they said, yeah, later on they set those benchmarks. Like if there's less hospitalizations each uh, week, they would yeah. build towards that. I, I yeah. think if they came out the first day and said we're going to be locked down until like May 20th, people would have gone crazy. Yeah. So I think they did it in, in slower, smaller increments to get Well, it. I think they get, everybody had to get used to it because, again, it's unprecedented, you know. Yeah. But hey, I, I don't know about you, but in the time when everything started, yeah, I still had to go to the grocery store. Oh yeah, every ten days. I would maybe do it every specifically like a week, but I'd buy enough. But I still had to. You you had to go out too, and I'm you know like I said, I could have gone senior citizen you, you know hours, but no. I don't get up at. I'm not going to be up at like no. seven. No, you go to bed. You're kind of speaking of vampires. You're like a As, vampire. And you as go to you bed when the sun's coming up. I know that. When I told you this, I said, heck, I'm not going to get up at 6.30 or whatever to get to the yeah. store that early. And you said you're not hungry enough. And I cracked I, I remember that. I was like, you will when you're hungry, you know. <laughs> but uh, there's only so much peanut butter and bread you can eat. What was your stable of food over the last three months? That's What were you eating a lot of? Tuna fish? Nah. Peanut butter? I, was, I, I, made, I made a fair amount of chicken and things, you know. Did you? It was most 
chicken. We bought a lot of chicken. Beef yeah. was really expensive. We bought That's a lot the thing. Of Again, now we're sidetracking into... I know, survival techniques. What did you survive on, Jerry? Well, food. we don't have the dog anymore. Right. <laughs> but that chili was delicious. <laughs> no, I bought... I also... One place I could get, and this will be a plug for them, but what? there's a place called Nuts Online. It's just nutsonline.com. And you can order bags of... <laughs> bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll do that. In there. Invaders of the bodies. <laughs> good thing. Good thing you're. Little do people know you're actually right in the next room here. This divider. So I've disinfected the hell out of you. So. <laughs> no, you but nuts on, nuts online. You can get bags of nuts. I mean, nuts are good snacks. You yeah. could also buy. Um, I bought candy stuff there, you know, and things. But I ordered. I ordered flour on that site. They're a good site. I've been ordering from for a long time, but I hadn't ordered in a while. So when every the stores started getting low on stuff, I placed a couple of orders for uh, from them. And they're in New Jersey. I almost sneezed again. I'm sorry. It wasn't the flower. <laughs> it was sorry. I'm down here. No, go on. <laughs> I'm down here in the basement and it's dusty and they cut the, I cut the lawn and I'm like, Oh no, I was going to say it wasn't the flower. That was a big thing. Yeast was like impossible to yeah. find. You but flour was hard to find too. You couldn't find a, you couldn't find flour either. No, no. But again, this is neither here nor there. Nothing to do with comic books, but the good thing is, did you read a lot of old books? I caught up finally after months. And it was always that thing where I'd have the books piling up and I'm like, yeah. well, I'm going to break my leg or, or do right. something and I'll be stuck at home and I'm going to plow through all those books. Right. It started like that at first when I was reading these omnibuses behind me, I was like, get through them. And that lasted about a week or so. And then I couldn't read anymore. And uh, I stopped doing that. So what about I you? Read, did you? I did read a bunch of stuff. I took um, books and I organized them into runs of books. Like, you know, I had, maybe six issues of Captain America, six issues of Fantastic Four. Yeah. So I started reading those. I made, made my way through like a, a nice stack. And yeah. then I bought the Ahoy comics, because yep. uh, BoomTube comics in, what are they, in Waterbury? Southington, Connecticut. Southington. They were still doing mail order. Yeah. And I hadn't found the Ahoy books at my regular store, Cave. So mm. I got um, Dragonfly Man. And Dragonfly. I thought you won. The, one with the, the second two. part, first was called The Wrong Earth that Jamal Eichel drew and Tom Pyre wrote. The second part was drawn by Peter Krause, who I worked with on Shazam. And those were both really good books. Very Wasn't, much Earth. Uh, the Wrong Earth, the story of like a 60 ish Batman character. Well, they're both the same. One is a continuation, but it's basically like if, if Adam West's Batman hmm. somehow switched places or switched Earths with the Dark Knight Batman. Yeah. Story yeah. picks up with each of them fish out of water. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny, but it's also very well done. You know, it, it was a good one. So I just read um, the first or uh, the, the books that we just picked up. I read first Here. issue of. He's going to talk to you for a second. Hold on one second. You're going to sneeze. Oh, okay. I, I, I read the first of uh, um, Grumble. It's the second miniseries of oh, Grumble. Oh, the dog from Mike Norton? Yep, Rafer Roberts and, oh, and Mike how is Earth that? Louise. It's I good. love it's Mike a, Norton. It's a fun book. And then Mike Norton's also drawing this story arc of the goon that has to do with beer. 
Oh, really? The Eric Powell book? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's written. Oh, Eric's not writing it. No, this is like a six. I think it's a six issue storyline. It's oh. written. I didn't know he let other people. Roger do it. Lang. Roger Langridge. Yeah, but I thought Eric wrote all the Goon books. Well, he still publishes them. Yeah, but I thought he was the only guy that ever writes. I didn't know he lets other curators play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so that storyline's really funny because it's basically a competing thing where these there's these fish creatures that make the the beer that's served in the same in the town Uh where the goon lives. The fish. The the these fish guys, and they they're like a mafia, like a fish mafia. And their beer tastes terrible, but they won't let anybody else come in. But then this band of this group of coven of witches comes in and they realize they can make beer and their beer is much better. Yeah. So everybody loves the, the witches brew. So that's so, basically the conflict of the story. It's actually really funny. When the fish mafia kill people, do they sleep with the people? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. I think they put them in the beer. <laughs> Seriously? Sleeping with the beer. No. It, oh, it's, you don't know. Right. It's a story. It's a fun story. Yes. Well, um, there's that and uh, a bunch of stuff here. But hey, here's one for you. Look at that cover. Yep, I remember that. I couldn't find this for 20 years, I think. I finally found it here. I'm like, oh my really? God. Really? Yeah, I had oh, it. Oh. I found so many books that I... I, I, I think I have two copies of that one. I could have given I you one. I can't find my She-Hulk number one. From the from the seventies, I know I have it. I just I tore the whole place apart. I can't find it. That, and I can't find my Spider Man Death of Gwen Stacy issue one twenty one. Why would you cover them out of the box? Did you have them in a box? I did, a- but I mean, dude, I found an autograph book from Stan Lee that I've been looking for for fifteen years. I was like, <laughs> what was going on in my head? And then I found out there was books that I thought I had a complete run. But I'm missing, like, the Chris Claremont Fantastic Four he took over after they did the Heroes yeah. Born. I have the first, like, 17 issues, and then there's, like, a break. And then they pop up again around issue 55. And I'm like, what happened here? And so I've been going back and trying to, you know, fill those issues. I can't remember who replaced him when he – It was he- – uh, it wasn't Mark Wade, I think, wasn't it? I don't think that was at that early stage because I think he was there – I thought he only went through fit, maybe issue 17, and then there was a new team, and it might have still been oh, Carl. Uh, Stuart Amoni? Maybe Scott Liddell took over. Scott Liddell. No, Scott Liddell took it over, and then Chris Claremont took it over, and then Chris well, left. Claremont relaunched it when they did the relaunch. Yeah, no, but, after Jim Lee, they did that Heroes Reborn for 13 issues, which I have. Right. When Marvel got him back, it was it was Claremont and, and Carlos Pacheco, I think. Yeah, and then I, I don't know. So I got to go fill that again because the. But you mean maybe you got rid of them for a reason? Maybe you didn't like them. I was thinking that too. I was like, what happened? Why did I stop reading these? And I go, maybe I just didn't like them anymore, and I stopped. Wait, let me, them. let me just give you a little bit of wisdom. You don't need every one of them. <laughs> you are. I'm. I'm absolving you, Mitch. You don't have to have every number of every issue. <laughs> OCD. OCD. Mitch just kicked in and had a heart attack. Uh. I, I go through my collection and I'll go through and I'll look and go, I have one, three, five, seven. And I'm like, when did I weed out the other ones? And then yeah, I'll, no, I'll look them yeah. up and it's like, oh, it was a writer I didn't like or something. So I didn't save them. I bought them initially, but I just didn't keep them. Well, the Spider-Man, I thought I had every Spider-Man from issue like 120 till now. 
And when I sat down to put them all in order, I'm like, okay, we're doing good. We're doing good. And suddenly out of nowhere, 185 is missing. And I'm like, wait. And then I'm like, I got to go find that now. And I couldn't. So I had to go buy it the other day just to make sure. It probably is a crappy story. It probably has nothing to do with the <laughs> – I don't even remember it. But there's a problem I have knowing that there's one book missing from a run well, of like you, 400 books. You can look up what the contents of the issue were, and then maybe that would jog your memory, and you go, oh, I didn't like that. Of all things, it was a Spider-Man and Captain America issue, and I think John Romita did the cover, and I didn't have huh. it. I don't know why. Uh, and then the Spider-Man books, for some reason, I could not remember that John Byrne took over Spider-Man with Howard Mackey. Yeah. Mackey was well, right. Didn't he do his own book, though? He did, and then I found those. I found that uh, Kurt Busiek did the like the chapter no spot. Burned, Burned the chapter yeah. one. Yeah, but then at the same time, I thought he also he simultaneously was, was doing layouts for the Howard Mackey. He was. He was doing the the art for that, and he was also doing the uh, the the one I just mentioned, year one, and then Kurt Busiek did Spider Man: The Lost Years or something, which was kind of like yeah a ninety nine cent book. Yeah, and I had all those, but I don't remember reading them. And then uh, John Romita Jr. comes in with J. Michael Straczynski. Yeah, those were good. Spider Man, those are good. And then he leaves, and then you got the whole Earth, you know, the New Day thing where they yeah. wiped it out. Right, right. But looking back now, you realize how many years that was. I was like, oh, it seems like one storyline, but it went on for a long time. That yeah, Clone but- Saga, oh my God! But wasn't the Straczynski stuff oh. early two thousands? Straczynski is right around when September 11th happens. Yeah, that's, so that's, yeah, yeah. Like that's 20 years, you know? And then Slot takes over for 10 years. Yeah. Dan Slot did Spider Island. He did all, you know, the big time yeah. Spider-Man. And that was 10 years of Spider-Man. I'm like, oh my God. And a lot of, weren't those also t- double shipped every month? A lot that's of another were, thing too. I was like, why is there so Spider-Man books? Because they were, they were doing two times a month. And then there's the web of Spider-Man, which I totally forgot that series. Here, I want to plug my. Uh, is that your beer? Is that it's yours? Second to the last of the porters that I made back in, I guess I must have made these back in October, November, Christmas, something like that. Yeah, I remember that. What was it so called? I, Early I, porter? Well, there, it's, a, it's a kind of a chocolate porter. Oh, you're still looking for that chocolate porter? It should be coming around soon. The one from well, I made, made this. I think I made this in, I want to say the first thing I did was the cider. Then I did this. So that yeah. maybe was November. Yeah. But I have, I have one full bottle left in the refrigerator so i thought i'd celebrate Dude, way quarantine's over well um, no there's seven and a half percent alcohol <laughs> it's very potent. fermenting it's because it's a porter and it's it's it fermented longer i made it i tried to make a strong one so uh what else i was telling you about books well here's a question when yeah. you're looking through these books yeah do you have the sensation that you went, you go, oh, cool, I have them, or is it like, oh, geez, how many do I need? <laughs> that that happened when I was, well, honestly, when I was putting them away after I would bag them, I was like, oh, these I really like, and then there was a lot that I was like, if you threw these in the trash tomorrow, I wouldn't miss them. I'd be happy to have the free space, but you know, I liked. I told you there was a lot of them I was finding that I don't remember, so it was like getting new comic book day. I'm like, oh, this looks yeah. really interesting. Like Howard Shakin did an Avengers 1959 run. Did you ever read that series? Yeah, I remember that. A good one. But I forgot I had it. And uh, a lot of Howard did a lot of miniseries that I forgot that I had. So I started reading those. But well, the the fun the fun part is when you find stuff that you 
maybe didn't get a chance to read and you just put it in a box. Yeah. Does that happen too? So yeah. I did that with, I think I told you last time or one of the other podcasts, but I, when, when I, we first were all like not going to comic stores, I, I gathered all the issues of Ragnarok that Walt had done for IDW. And I really hadn't read them as a group. Yeah. And really terrific. They're really No, no, stuff. it's a lot it's a lot to be said. Then I started reading stuff that I had that I never ever read like this. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. The Captain America that's, book. That's Ted something. Ted White wrote the Ted book. White, yeah. But I always had this, but I never read it. It didn't take long. I mean it's barely a hundred. No, those were yeah, those were uh but it was fun. It was fun. I mean I sat down and read a lot of stuff. Then you start looking for things that you didn't know existed. Like there was those novels too. And then there was a lot of other books from the sixties. They did an Avengers book. Um, but did you ever, did you ever find the, weren't you looking for the like Marvel mania or Foom or something? No, I found, I I had a couple issues of Foom. I found those yeah. with Jack Kirby's back and then a daredevil one with Gene Colan did the cover. Uh, you had the Marvel. No, I just wasn't Archie's sure if you, if you had said you had them or if you were, were, you know were what? looking I, I, I don't know why they just don't reprint a lot of those. Like just make a little, I would buy it. If they made a book that had all the articles and interviews from back then. Well, they'd have to contact everybody, unfortunately, because most of that stuff was done, I would guess for free. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, was it? I thought it was a in-house thing. Well, you like, can you hear the Stooges? That's your Stooges clock. Yeah, yeah. I know. I go, oh, it's nine o'clock then. No, the, um, but the, the Marvel manias and stuff, I think, you mentioned, did you say you had, was Don, Don Glute was supposed Don to? Don Glute was coming, yeah. Well, he worked on those, on the Marvel. I think he wrote some articles for Marvel Mania. I'll have those. to go check. I, but I don't think it was a, it was more like a professional fanzine, but it wasn't like they were paid. I don't think those guys got paid necessarily. It was like uh, probably helped them print them and help them promote it. But I thought Marvel printed. I thought Evan Ear was involved with Marvel Mania. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I should ask Mark. He was supposed to come to the show. I was talking to him, but I didn't bother going into it because. Oh, there's another thing we could promote. Mark, uh, we you read you read the Tomorrow's magazine. I read uh, back issue. I read their new retro fan book, and um, they do here, Kirby Collector, Kirby they do Collector, Alter Ego, and then they do the Modern Masters art books. And yeah. anybody who is curious about there, they should go to Tomorrow's.com and buy something from them because they're having a hard time with the, I saw that article. They yeah. do a lot of business at conventions because the stores can't order a lot of the book stuff. So yeah. there's other sales come from doing shows and without shows, they're kind of screwed. So no, there was a, I just picked up uh, two issues. I picked up their guardians of the galaxy one. I picked up retro fan and there was one today a back issue, which was Alex Ross's uh, attempt at the fantastic four. Oh yeah, he had like a whole plan that he wanted to do with the Fantastic Four, and I picked that one up too. No, they're they're about ten dollars or twelve, but you can get them digitally too, and they're cheaper digitally if you don't want the magazine necessarily. But you have no, but they're great books because there's articles you could read forever. I mean, it's, well, it's also it's also they they're chronicling comic book history. Yeah, and there's nobody else doing that. I mean, that's the thing. In the old days, you had Comics Journal, you had a bunch of different magazines. Yeah, now. There really aren't a lot of places. It's all online. It's like no, someone's website no. or something, you know but there's no central source to get interviews with old timers or what have you. Well, so I was talking to John Suntress. He does the Word Balloon podcast. That's a great podcast that comes on like three or four times a week. He does interviews with people like you, but he also does a lot of uh, historical 
uh, shows. He's been doing it for 15 years now. He's got a Which lot. Which is cool. But then again, that, that archive is not the same as having something in print. No. I mean, I, I think the fact that you've got a history of comics up through even a couple of years ago. Yeah. But back issue handles stuff in the Silver Age. Roy still handles stuff in the you Gold what? You know, you know, A lot you know, of those guys are dying off. You know? you know what I was just thinking? I was talking to somebody today. I went to Richie's Comic Book Cabana in uh, Waterbury, Connecticut. And we were talking about... Um, the the 40s books you know the alex what's his name schomenberg yeah yeah who did those yeah he did the great because they had marvel was it marvel mystery comics they had the very last issue behind the glass it was a 4.0 condition i really wanted it and it was one of schomenberg's covers and it was the the human torch and then that book stops publication and they switch the title of it i think they call they call it marvel tales after that so it was the very last issue of that book. But he told me, and you might be able to tell me if this is true, there was a comic book artist who worked on a book uh, about crime. And the guy murdered some woman in a hotel room? Yeah. And he would do those horror books where he's like ironing some woman's face. I mean, they're really disgusting. Right, right. It was during, that, yeah, during the horror era. Oh, it so was... this is a true story? This guy really was a murderer? He killed somebody? Yeah. yeah. Who was it? I wouldn't even say because I don't. I want to be wrong. Oh, okay. You know? Well, did, did the guy get convicted or go to jail? Yeah, yeah. No, oh, I believe okay. he did. Went to prison for it. Okay. Um, trying to see. Yeah, that happened in the. I thought that was like late forties. Well, because I remember Al Plastino, who's Superman artist, and Alan Bellman, who just passed away, got in an argument at a show once, and they were on a panel, and they were going back and forth, and Al. Bellman was yelling at Plastino. was like, that's not funny, Al. A girl died in a hotel room, and this guy was a jerk. And I thought it was just a, a rumor, but apparently today there was more to the story. So now I want to go up and look about what happened here. Well, they wrote about it. Yeah, that's definitely was written about in uh, Alter Ego. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was the it was that era of crime does not pay. The that's thumb. the book. Yeah, crime. Yeah. That was the name of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And it well, was the guy. I think it was the guy who was like the the editor and lead writer or artist or something. He said it was the artist Richie did. So yeah. that's why I didn't know if that was true. Yeah, but, but that happened. And again, I mean, not to be morbid, but that happened in the eighties with uh, the guy who was working at DC. Who? Yeah. His wife and you know. Yeah. Did his time or whatever. I mean, well, no, I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't want to be like Dateline or one of those no, shows. No, no, no. But DC, I mean, like, you know, the thing is, this is. Yeah. The, the important thing about, like, like I said about the two, tomorrow's book is that, or any of their their magazines, is that that history is all there. Yeah, it's in print, and it's like if you had the last guy who was present in the offices or someone who could actually speak of the person rather than like forty years later, it's like, right, yeah, I right, right, right. was a jerk, as opposed to yes, I worked for him and he was a nice guy or he was a jerk. Yeah, that had more weight to it, and that's what Tomorrow's, especially the alter egos, did is that they would interview people before they passed away. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys were in their 80s, you know, who worked in that early era of the comics. Um, no, I was just interested in that, yeah, because there's a mean, lot like of stuff. 50 years later, 60 years later, you're left with the I heard this or I read this 20 years well, ago, and it's always a lot, of, a lot of those a lot of those books I listen to, like the you know the history of Marvel comics or the origin, yeah. you know, the history of Stanley. They're the same stories I've heard before, again and again, by other people, but they're being written about by some 30 year old kid. Yeah, uh, which well, they is get, all well and good, but I'm like, he's not 
he wasn't there and all he's doing is, right. is regurgitating some other reference material that he right. got. And you don't really get it from the horse's mouth. You know, well, you're also getting it. Unfortunately, like if in a book, I would think that you'd have the opportunity to research it, maybe look up yeah. interviews with people and stuff. But like on the problem with doing podcasts or even a interview over the phone is yeah. that you're basing it on your memory of something that even if you were involved 20 years, 30 years later, you might, have mushed the memories together somehow and and then all you're doing is is kind of rehashing wrong i uh, you know? yeah I, I, yeah i i think i told you i was watching maybe it was somebody else i was watching um one of those entertainment shows like the independent film channel or something yeah. and there was a documentary about harrison ford and i know more about harrison ford than harrison ford does and they were showing uh when he was going through his divorce from uh, melissa matheson and they were shown photographs and they said, oh, he was, you know, carousing and womanizing when he was on the set of 42, uh, blah, 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 that filmed here with uh, Chaz McBoat. Right. By the time he did 42, he was already divorced. He got divorced yeah. and it was out of sequence. But if you didn't know that, right, right. watching the show and you think it's the God's truth and they're right. showing this data and I'm like, wait a minute, that photo they showed was from 1999 because I was right. there at yeah. that party because literally I saw a photograph of him and his wife and I'm like yeah. feet away from them at that event and i knew that the movie 42 i took my sons to go see it that was a couple of years that was a couple, that was like 2010 or 11 i'm like yeah, wait yeah, a second. Yeah. that's that's not accurate that's, and that's the problem is that if you if you're just saying here's what i remember yeah not fact checked then that someone hears that and then that becomes the truth for them and it's yeah. each time it's a further further and further away from the actual history well, no, it's not, yeah, and and a lot of that stuff I'm curious about because I talk to uh, John Suntress a lot, and uh, who's the fellow that writes a lot of books about like Al Cap and uh, D Dennis Kitchen? Yeah, Kitchen does a lot of historical books. He did a Will Eisner. He was a w Will Eisner's agent for years. Right, right, and they did yeah, Kitchen Sink did like uh, the Comic Book Confidential or something like that. They, they, they've done collections of strips. They did the yeah. Little Abner strips. They did Nancy. They did a bunch of that. So yeah, yeah, but wasn't it Will that did the interviews with like Jack Kirby and a lot of the you know in the back of the Spirit magazine when there was a magazine. Yeah, 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 and you'd have it. But the he good thing about talk. it, it was called Shop Talk, and he had Kubert, he had Kirby, he had. But Alex he actually Stuff. recorded it. He did yeah. audio tapes. Yeah, yeah. and the, the, you could actually hear the audio, which is great. So it's coming from the horse's mouth. So it's not yeah, this yeah. hearsay type of thing. So no. But even there, like I said, though, if you're talking about something that happened 30 years ago, your memory is still going to be, however your brain adapts it, or how yeah. many times you've read something. I f I find myself catching. Like whenever I'm doing an interview and somebody says, oh, you did this or this, yeah. and I'll start talking and I'll go, wow, I really would, it would be better to be able to read up on it. Right. And I think right. I told you one night I was working and uh, when I was working on this three-page story for Aftershock is doing a comic book store benefit book. Yeah. And it was an autobiographical story. And I was sitting here drawing and it was like, oh, it was too late for me to rummage up in my comic closet. But I was looking for a copy of my fanzine that I did. In 1974, the first one was OK Comics, number one, and they did number two in 75 or six. Yeah. But I didn't have one in the studio, so I went, oh, I have my Modern Masters. So I looked at my Modern Masters, and I knew I had a repro. So I had the repro, and then I started reading my interview, and I was like, oh, interesting. Because you do, honestly, that was conducted in 2007. Yeah. And before I worked on those interviews, I tried to refresh my brain yeah. with 
my calendars and with dates and times. Cause you, again, I'm always paranoid about putting out wrong information. Right. right, like, right. You know, you want it to be as accurate as you remember it. So yeah. I was just fascinated reading my own 2007 side of the interview. Cause I was like, Oh, I should have read this before I did that last podcast. Well, no, <laughs> I, I, I've done that too, where I think I remember it. And then like I told you for even those comics, when I was sorting them out, I can't remember what was going on and I have to look at the years and think yeah. what was happening in my personal life. Maybe there, I was in between jobs or we just had a kid yeah. or I just didn't like that guy anymore that was writing that book. Like you said, that caused me to stop reading this book for like a year or two. And then I'm like, yeah. what the hell happened? What, what, why well, did Steve, it stop? I remember, I can remember like songs that I was listening to when I was drawing comics when I was a mm-hmm. kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have like a song will come on and I'll go, Oh, I was drawing the crime fighters which was one of my comic book my avengers yeah or messenger or something i can it jogs a memory but then after so many years you forget what year that that song came out you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. like oh messenger you know or okay comics was published in 74 because i was a, a junior in high school yeah so i remember that and 74 because 74 is obviously on the cover of the book so right, right, it helps right. to kind of place songs in context when you when you have a fixed point. But memory is very uh, yeah valid. yeah. I thought I was like a steel trap, but that steel trap is kind of rusty now. <laughs> I'm starting to look at stuff. Well, and again, it's you just have to be aware of that. You know what I mean? You can't. Yeah. yeah. That was my problem with anything Stan Lee said in the ever. You well, what was that it, book that you told me about where they went and traced his interviews and you could see like. Him yeah, the, again, Two Morrows did that. It was kind of like a Kirby said, right? Wasn't that Dan Lee? Yeah, stuff yeah. said. Yeah, um, and and they they went to Marvel, the backs of Marvel books where he wrote his his soapbox, yeah, soapboxes, or he wrote the bullpen bulletin page, mm-hmm. and they would take comments there and they would place them in context with what was happening, say, with Kirby or Ditko at the time, yeah. and it really did reveal like a passive aggressive kind of thing where. He loved these guys, right. but he hated that he couldn't control them. Right. In other words, so it really comes out, and it was that book is great for that reason because it's all chronologically. Uh, um, but but what Stan Stan would you know we would get interviews with or things that Stan would talk about when the Marvel movies started, mm-hmm. and he was making stuff up because yeah. he probably didn't remember. He always admitted to, he would admit to you like in the eighties. Yeah. What I worked with him in on Fantastic Four at one point. I met him like in the, I think in the eighties. I met him in the nineties. I worked yeah. with him in the nineties, and he was the first guy to admit that his memory was bad. Right, right, right. It's funny that in you know starting in two thousand, he was suddenly the historian of Marvel Comics, yeah. and you never yeah. then heard, "Oh, my memory is bad." Yeah. You know, he suddenly became and well, that, that's that, dangerous. That, because I was going to say that, that's in print already. You know, another tomorrow's book with Danny Fingeroth was on it and this was the Stanley interviews. This is, I got to say about right. It was the right stuff or something, wasn't it? Yeah. And the thing of it is they had the transcripts and Roy's in the room, Roy Thomas, and it'll say, Oh, uh, I think that happened. Right. And then it'll say Roy interrupts and corrects Stan that this happened. And then Stan goes, right. Oh, you're right. That's how it happened. So right. they were, he wasn't being malicious. He was just talking about his recollection and they would correct him and say, no, that's not how exactly happened. You right. were over here that day. And he's like, Oh, was I? Oh, okay. Well, you guys in later you years, remember he's 80 something at the time. It's like, okay, yeah. I'm 53 and I can't remember 20 years ago. And I'm like 80 something. You're going to, you, but you in know. later years, it's almost like you should just say, look, I, 
<clears throat> this is all in print somewhere. I'm not. Yeah. My memory is not not uh, solid. Well, no one it. wants to hear that. They want to think that you remember <laughs> everything. I'll be it, it, devastated. It, it, remember, we were talking. I think we talked about this before, but yeah. the one that jumps out at me, and, and I'll re repeat it, was the Joe Simon who lived to be like 99 or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <clears throat> and Joe Simon did an interview around the time the Captain America movie came out. I think. Yeah. Where he talked about how he created the Red Skull because he was looking at a tomato. <laughs> And it's like, okay, I've that never that. ever happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've never read that before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was sitting there and I was staring at a tomato, and it's like, wait, this, I've never read about this the tomato. make an ugly looking bad guy. It's like, it was just funny. And, and that's, like I said, the danger of that is, yeah, it's from his lips, but it's suspect because memory is malleable. Yeah, and know? then it becomes part of uh, folklore. And they, the Red Skull was based on a rotted tomato. Yeah. It's like, well, probably not. <laughs> who said that? Joe, Joe Simon, the guy who made him. So he should know. Okay. All right. If you say so. I mean, Stan Lee claimed to create uh, Captain America at one point, too. So I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> get into that. But anyway, I didn't want to make this a long show. But again, to anybody who's listening, I was going to do this big morbid uh, show apology, like a eulogy, like an Irish wake about Terrificon 2020. What if? Here's what was going to happen. There was going to be a tribute to Spider-Man, the TV show with actor Nicholas Hammond. There was going to be Walt Simonson and was going to do a power pack uh, retrospective with Louise and Brett because they worked on power pack. I was trying to get Judy. What's her name? Speaking of memory. June Brigman. June Brigman. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. June Brigman. I was trying to get June up from down south. Judy. Judy. <laughs> Judy. That's her sister, Judy Brigman. Uh, I was trying to get her. Uh, again, I had Joe Jesco. I, uh, I loved weren't we, weren't we also going to, weren't we going to try to do a Shazam reunion? We were going to try that. Well, I was just talking to Michael Gray, AKA Shaz Billy Batson. Oh, you mean for the book for you yeah, and Peter Krause? Yeah, comic was, uh, yeah. was out by then originally. And now it's coming out around then like what uh, August 12th or August. Yes. There was going to be a, uh, or Shazam with Krauss. And then Tom, what's the fellow's name that you introduced me? He was going to do some kid stuff. Tom begins with a D. Tom, oh, you mean the, the Tom Zoller? Tom Zoller. Yeah, that begins Which with doesn't a D. begin with a D. <laughs> but he was going to come by too. He was going to do some stuff. But again, steel trap, Jerry. Steel trap. <laughs> Don't remember. Yeah, you have People that we talked—I mean, a lot of people that we both talked to at Baltimore—and I've talked yeah. to people at Heroes, and you know, it was going to be a nice, different mix of people, which would be cool. Well, it's still going to be. I mean, I talked to everybody. I told I, first. Here's what I did: I notified all the guests last week and said that you know we're just not going to be able to pull the show off because logistically it's not going to be able to happen with a large crowd. Then I wrote to all the exhibitors and told them the bad news. Then I sent it out as a public thing for all the social media so the attendees could find out and the fans and stuff. And so, you shoot for what, first week in August in 2021? I tried doing August 6th to the 8th. That's the date I originally had. But then Boston Fan Expo has the same date. And I didn't want people to have to make the, you know, Sophie's Choice here. Which show do I go to? So I am moved back. The first time ever I'm in July, July 30th to August 1st which is cool because I'll actually be able to have an August off. I've never had August off in years, but everybody's coming back. Everybody I talked to, they all said they'll be back next year. Oh, there was Mitch Jarrads was going to be there. Right. Uh, Tom King, uh, Doc Shaner. 
Oh, were you going to get the Evan? I had the whole crew from the New Strange Adventures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be cool. They're all they're all great. I think yeah, they'd Mr. All be Miracle. Good. Now, Mitch yep. Raz, this would have been the third year. <laughs> first he year, he, yeah, first year he couldn't make it because he had a deadline for Mr. Miracle. Last year he had a wedding he had to do to for his brother. And then this year I joked to him. I said, this is a third year, Mitch. You're going to be there? He's like, yeah. And then a virus comes. So <laughs> whatever. I mean, you try. <laughs> But hey, you know what? What? Let's be thankful that we're still here. That's true. There, we couldn't. Seriously, as much as I want. I mean, I yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about that. Like, you know, it's nice that we're still here. Oh, cool. Yeah, I remember the. Was that his card set? Yeah. Well, Joe Jusco was going to be one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. He did he Captain America up there that he did. But Joe was going to come. He's still going to come. But he did. You know, yeah, fantastic cool. work for years. You know what I'm trying to get to? Again, old time. Joe did a. Hey, hey. I don't know if you have the book of it. What? Joe did a terrific set of cards for Tarzan back in the. I don't. I do not. They did a. They did a hardcover. It's a. He did like a, a whole set, like a, a sixty paintings or something, Tarzan paintings, and uh, they're really beautiful. Oh, he and just I, did one a couple of weeks ago on his. <clears throat> he was showing Tarzan with some lions and some you know crazy stuff yeah. there. But he they did a hardcover, a nice full size hardcover of that back in the. I think it was late nineties. No, here was the flyers. I just <clears throat> threw out some of these. Look at that. That's not a Jerry Ordway. That's actually. Crazy. No, and you know what? That was the, it would have, so far, I, was, I wasn't ready to draw you anything because I was on deadline until March. Yeah. And, uh, and so then I, at, when I finished my deadline, I said, uh, should I start or should I wait? And you said, yeah, we should wait. <laughs> yeah. I was like, don't bother doing it. And that was going to introduce Uncle uh, Terrificon this year. So you could have had that sitting, waiting to use in the fall. I could have well. And then here's the guesses. We'll do like the Star Wars scroll. God, who's there? Look at all those names there. <clears throat> Michael Rosenberg. Cool. Yes, Lex Luthor was coming. He was part of the cast. He's going to be Don back. They're all coming back next year. I mean, <clears throat> Michael on. Rooker. Michael cool. Rooker from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Sean Gunn was coming back. Uh, Adrian Paul, oh, the Highlander. Highlander, yeah. There's uh, Dave Johnson was coming back. Oh. I, I just watched his um, Superman son. Ed McGinnis from Ed. what? Massachusetts, right? Yep. Ed was coming. Scott Williams was coming. The anchor for... Bart uh, Sears been to your show before? Who? Had you had Bart Sears before? Nope. Bart Sears was coming. Ryan Otley was coming. That's, oh. Bennett. Has Marguerite been at your show before? Nope. Ty Templeton, Dennis Cowan too. Wow, cool. Yeah. I hope they can come back next year. Yeah, they will. We'll try to get them all back. And Wade was new too. Wade, Wade was Mark new. Wade was new. Louise was new. Who's that Dan Jurgens guy? He sounds like a new guy. Look, Mark Mark Brooks, John <laughs> Ostrander. It was a good show, and many oh, I can't many more. See many more. I, I haven't seen many more in many years. I always put many more because I can't list everybody there. <laughs> so it was going to be one hell of a show. I'll tell you that. I feel like they have a name called Manny Mora. <laughs> I was going to bring Mandy Moore, but that's another story. <laughs> But no, that didn't happen. So, I mean, I could just sit there and go through a marker and like scribble out the date and handwrite. I got a lot of time. I'll handwrite July well, you could, 30th. You could, you could use whiteout, you know, go go this first class. Whiteout. Yeah. Hey, kids, it's just whiteout. So <laughs> anyway, this will happen. You'll see this all next year. So with that, but I got a surprise for you because I was watching a lot of YouTube while I've been home and nothing else to do. And uh, actually, so you know how to fix your stereo. Speaking of, look at this. Here's an old novel I read, "Cry of the Beast," written by my buddy, 
Rick Myers. Oh, I know. That's the guy, the comics gay guy. So don't give me any crap. No, no, that's the guy who looks like. Uh, he looks like he fell off a charm bracelet. He's got the big beard. <laughs> right. Yeah, he used to go to he used to go to Dream Factory. He used to be right? hanging out with Mike yeah. Rob all the time. Yeah, right? Richard Meyer. Yep. There you go. Cool. He, he does a lot of books about kung fu and old detective shows and stuff. But he wrote this one. This was part of the Marvel uh, novel series back in the seventies. And he worked on the Master of Kung Fu magazine that Marvel he did. did. He did. Yeah, yes, I remember he did. doing that. So he was going to come to the show. But anyway, I was watching a lot of YouTube. I watched a lot of interviews. I'm going to do now to you, Jerry, the screen. Uh, what was that show? The artist studio questions that they ask at the end of it. James Lipton, <laughs> but he stole it from Bernard Pavot. So Trump anyway, <laughs> this is going to be you. Are you ready? Take your drink now, Jerry. You're going to answer. I'm not going to do the John Lipton. Uh, yes. He just, he just died. He was like 98 years old or something. I know. It's really kind of frightening. I didn't know he was that old. but I was If like, you could be a flower, what kind of flower would you be? No, that's another story. You got me in trouble with that one. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Jerry Ardway. Uh, yeah. Writer. This is the... Just Brother Theodore. <laughs> Ready? What is your favorite word? <laughs> Good one. I don't know. I don't think I have one. That's I, probably say, I, probably, I probably say cool a lot. That would be cool. Okay. All right. Uh, what is your least favorite word? No. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Music. I'm going to say that beer that you have right there. <laughs> what, what what turns you off? The, uh, negativity. Negativity. Oh, here's a good. I I know I know you because you don't swear. What is your favorite curse word? M effer. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say like "gosh, jolly darn," but <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? The sound of the coffee maker. Okay. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Wow, probably a chainsaw. Yeah, that would be especially if it's coming at you. Yeah, uh, outside your window. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I would. I always wanted to. Uh, I wanted to be a musician, or I thought it would be kind of interesting. But I should have chosen something that paid better. All right. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Uh, customer service. Really? Okay. Yeah. And then the last one, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Dan Jurgens has been waiting for you for five years now. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> yeah. That'd be like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? What, is he, what does he know something? I'm in better shape than that guy. So there you go. I remember that. I do remember that question mostly from those things because people yeah. always occasionally had really good answers. And it was yeah. the one, what would you you know, what took you so long? I think Mel Brooks or somebody said something like that. Like, what took you so long? <laughs> yeah, we've been waiting for you. Or how was the other place? Or I guess you didn't. Um, what do you call it? <laughs> no, the the question about the orchid. I had to go interview Bruce Tim. Well, wait, you said, I, I said to ask Bruce Tim because it was one of those type questions. Yeah, well, I, I, I had a, I'm a train. I don't have ask Bruce Tim. I said, ask him. If he could be a flower, what kind would he be? Because that was like one of those really yeah, dopey. What do you want on your gravestone questions? Like right, like you, the Mike Douglas show question would ask yeah. like you know in the seventies. So I go down to uh, New York <laughs> Comic Con in twenty. This was a great year. This was the year twenty. 
I'm going to say 2011. And because it's, 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 was that Avengers when they were promoting Avengers, wasn't it? It was Avengers, The Walking Dead. It was the biggest New York Comic Con ever. So I had a full day. I ended up interviewing uh, a bunch of people. And then I got this kid named Leo was trying to do a video show called Con Men. And the talent, the on air talent, got stuck in Connecticut and didn't make it. Now I had known Leo because he'd come to my shows. So I'm out front and I'm just doing audio interviews with my microphone. So Leo walks by and he does a double take and he sees me and I have a sports jacket on. I always try to dress up for these things. And he goes, what are you doing? I said, nothing. He goes, could you be my on-air talent? I have to interview all these people. Stan Lee, Peter David, uh, the guy, what's his name from The Walking Dead? Andrew Lincoln, all these people. Is that the year Andrew Lincoln? I don't remember. So anyway, we had to interview a bunch of people. No, this is the, the Avengers is 2011, 20, this is 2012. So I'm there and I had to interview Bruce Tim and it's at a round table, which means they get you with a bunch of other reporters and everybody gets a couple questions to ask the guy. Mm-hmm. And I had just interviewed uh, Andrea Romano, who was coming to Terrificon. She was the voice director for all the Batman shows. Kevin Conroy, I interviewed Kevin, who was also coming back. And then it got to Bruce Tim. And I had my questions <laughs> talking about stuff. And I remember talking to you and you were upstairs and I said, Oh, I got to go now. I got to go interview Bruce Tim. And you said, Oh, and I said, I got to come up with some good questions. And you said, if you see him, ask him if he could be any flower, which would it would be. So they, they asked, they exhausted all the questions and everyone's done, but there's still like five minutes to go. So they're like, Oh, does anybody have any more questions for Bruce Tim? And no one had any questions. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, what the hell? So I throw my hand up. I go, I got one here from you, Jer- from Jerry Ordway. And he goes, oh, how is Jerry doing? Because he knows you. And I said, oh, Jerry's fine. He's fine. He said to ask you this one question. And Bruce goes, yeah, what is it? If you could be any flower, what would it be and why? And the whole room goes quiet. <laughs> like a fart in church. It's like, oh, this was not a good idea. You so, look a little like Merv Griffin nowadays. Yeah, yeah but he just stared at me. He goes, What? And I go, oh, it was Jerry's idea. And he goes, what's Jerry's problem? I go, I don't know. And he goes, a flower. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Maybe an orchid? I go, yeah, okay, an orchid. That's good. Why would you be an orchid? He goes, "Uh, I don't know. Like purple. Because it's a rarity or it's a rare. And I'm like, whatever. So they end the interview, and I'm like, oh, great. And you know what's funny now that I think about it? Mike Robb was there who just passed away. (laughs) You and I both know Mike Robb. And I gave Mike Rob my camera and I said, Mike, take a picture with me and Bruce Tim. <laughs> and he didn't do it. He said he did. He said, Oh yeah, I did the picture. And then I went to go look at my camera. And there's and no was, picture. He did not do the picture. And, uh, <laughs> Bruce Tim comes up to me. He says, is everything okay? I said, yeah, why? He goes, is Jerry mad at me? I go, no, he's just breaking your balls. That's all. And he's like, well, geez, if you tell see him, you know, just want to know if everything's all right. <laughs> I said, yeah, everything's fine. So then I walk over across the hall to sit down in an empty press room. There's nobody there. And I poked my head in the other press room. And who's eating a tuna fish sandwich but uh, Ian McDermott, who played the emperor in the Star Wars movies. He's all alone in this panel room at a table with a tuna fish salad sandwich eating there. Little old man. And it's the emperor. And I poke my head in and I go, hey, how are you? He goes, oh, hello. I go, is anybody here? He goes, a flower. He goes, uh. No, just me. I'm just eating my lunch. I go, oh, well, you know, take it easy, buddy. He's like, yeah. And then I walk away and go, oh, my God, that was the emperor of Star Wars. Just sitting there like, what do you want? 
Leave me. <laughs> Eat my tuna. Die. <laughs> this thing. And <laughs> so I sit down in the next room, and there's this one guy there at a table, and there's these four tables. It's like uh, with ten, eight chairs at each one. And I sit down, and I'm going through all my notes, and I'm a mess at these shows. I got my, my bag with me. I got books with me. I got notes. I got pens. I'm just, like, falling apart. And this guy's sitting across from me. And I just throw my shit down on the table and I start going through and I go, Hey buddy, how are you? And he kind of gets a little scared and taken back. And uh, I thought he looks familiar, but I thought he looked like he went to the comic book store that we went to. So I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm looking through my stuff. And I'm like, Oh, mother effort. And I'm putting stuff down and I'm organizing my notes. And he's just sitting there kind of looking at me and I go, I know you. And he's like, uh, I don't think so. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you go to the comic store that we go to in Connecticut? <laughs> he goes, no, I, I was just in Connecticut. Why were you in Connecticut? Oh, I, I had to go uh, meet the Warrens. Ed and Lorraine, those kooks? Yeah. Why'd you go meet Ed and Lorraine Warren? They're nuts. They're Ghostbusters or whatever. And he goes, well, I was doing a movie about them. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. They go to my church in, in Monroe, Connecticut. He goes, well, yeah, I, I just went there. I went 84. How'd you go? I went 84 to... Oh, you, know, you go to Merritt Park when I start yelling. I go, what the hell did you go 84 for? That's going to take you way out of the way. You got to go through Danbury. That's not the right way to go. He's like, well, I live in New Jersey. I go, yeah, are you sure you don't go to Cave Comics? He's like, no, I, I don't go to Cave Comics. You know what? For the first time, I now know who you're thinking of because I see that guy. I've seen him. I actually saw him like the last comic store day before they closed down. And he does look like Patrick well, Wilson. Well, it's going to get to that. So we're finally sitting across from each other. And I go, well, who the hell are you? He goes, uh, I'm Patrick Wilson. I go, what does that mean? He goes, I'm an actor. I go, like, from what? And he goes, uh, and he starts giving me his resume. He's like, I was in the A-team. I was like, oh, I saw that. Who are you? I was the bad guy. I go, oh, yeah, yeah, my kids got that. I go, oh, wait a minute. Weren't you the night out? Weren't you fat in that movie? He's like, uh, yeah. I, I go, yeah, you made out with Mally Ackerman. She's a hottie. And he's like, yeah, oh, boy. And he's, like, sitting there. And then who comes walking in? But uh, Ron, what's his name? Perlman. No. Hellboy. Who? Not Hellboy. No, Ron from the the Office Space movie. Oh, oh. He was uh, also yeah, in Band of Brothers. Right. Ron uh, Sullivan. Ron Johnson. I don't know. If you see him, you know him. He's got that hair. He was on uh, Sex in the City. He was uh, her boyfriend. But in Office Space. He was the main character in Office Space. Yeah. Well, anyway, he comes in. Now he's sitting down, man. Apparently they did this movie about the Warrens called, um, I don't know. <laughs> the Conjuring or something. The Conjuring. Correct. They did the, movie, the Conjuring. And it's about this couple that this Ron, whoever his name is, <laughs> right. moves into and the house is haunted. Right. And then Patrick Wilson plays the, uh, the right. Warren. Yeah, the Ghostbusters, right? Yeah. So and now he comes from too, because it was the, the doll. Was that also part of that yeah, same story? Lula Bell or Isabel? No, Anna. The Anna doll. Man. Right, the doll that was possessed. It's right up the street. You the know whole that. frame. <laughs> it's literally from, about, they're literally about two miles from where we are. Right. right, all from like one little house that has a whole bunch of artifacts in it. And it's a Raggedy Ann doll. It's not some freakish looking doll. So anyway, so Ron is there. Ron Livingston. I'm going to say Livingston. We're going to go with that one? Ron Livingston. Exactly. So Ron Livingston's there. Patrick Wilson's there. And I'm in the middle. And they're both sitting there talking to me. And I go, who are you now? And he's like, oh, I'm Ron Livingston. I go. You're know. the best celebrity interviewer. You make people prove themselves. I know. They have to get their <laughs> resume. Can I see my driver's license? I don't believe you. So then I leave. I leave there. And uh, this must be a couple years later. So anyway, I'm, I'm walking. I'm walking. I'm walking here. And uh, 
this big, tall British guy comes walking by me twice. And this is a different year. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my iPhone and you can tell he's lost. He's got that look like he doesn't want to ask for directions, but he walks by and then he comes by and he walks by and then he finally stops. He looks at me. I go, you lost? He goes, oh yeah. I said, what are you doing? He goes, I need to find the walking dead panel. I go, yeah, okay, come on. I'll show you where it is. So we're walking, we're walking and we go down around the corner. Now we're Billy Billy Tucci. And we go find Billy Tucci and we yell about it and go, oh my God, yeah, Jared. So we go over and uh, I go, do I know you? You look like you were on Doctor Who. And he goes, oh yeah, my name's David, whatever. And he's the blaze, the governor on the walking dead show. And I go, oh yeah, whatever. Morrissey, wasn't it? David Morrissey, yeah. Yeah. So that's my encounter. And then that's Michael Rooker's there, and I end up walking walking behind Michael Rooker. <clears throat> What's the guy's name with the, the razor stubble? Daryl. I'll have it. No. What's his name? He was in Boondock Saints. Oh, you're talking about the, uh, right, the other guy from Walking Dead, the Daryl character. Darryl. Right? Well, anyway, it's Daryl, Michael <clears throat> Rooker, uh, Andrew Lincoln, and the boy. Um, Carl Grimes, whatever his name is. So we're all, and they're, they're walking to go up on stage. I'm walking behind them talking to my cameraman. We're just bullshitting and we're filming as we're walking. And also the walking dead guys stopped because we had walked underneath the Javits center up the stairs onto the main stage and they're opening the door and there's a room full of 7,000 people there. And they all stopped to look at us. And I, we all turn around and look behind us and they go, where the hell, where the hell are you guys going? I go, I don't know. We were just following you. They go, we're with you. Well, we're, we have to go do our, our, our presentation. I'm like, oh, shit, I don't think we're supposed to be here. And Andrew Lincoln's like, ah. And I go, can I get a picture with you, Andy? He goes, oh, yeah, sure. So Andrew Lincoln comes over and we get a picture. But uh, I remember Rooker just like, what the hell, man? What the hell? Who's this guy? I'm like, who what the hell are you? Michael, Michael Rooker and Billy Tucci talking. And now yeah. Rooker's coming to my show. So there but would that be a good, that would be a good, a good little gab fest. Billy Tucci with his strained vocal cords. With right, the well, Rooker, that thing too, where his, his voice can kind of get up high there. He's got that weird Texas sound, Southern thing. Like, hey, boy, you know, <laughs> what do you want? I don't know. Now, now Billy Tucci. Bend over and squeal like a pig. Billy, the hell movie are you talking about? I don't know about that one. Billy Tucci has now turned into the late, great Jerry Stiller right here on the show. <laughs> Billy Tucci. Billy Tucci's got a big podcast. You should go watch that one. He's doing a new book, too. I saw Palmiati promoting it tonight. Uh, Billy's, Billy's. Hey, did, did you see Alex DeCampi, uh, who I work with on Semi-Auto Magic? Yeah. Alex is working on a Kickstarter that's raking Four. in big bucks. Four. And it's not a comic skate thing. <laughs> They're getting big bucks, though. I mean, I think they made over, I think they've gone over 250000 bucks. What's the what is it about? What's it called? I don't know. All I know is that I think it's uh, Duncan Jones, who's uh, direct film director. Duncan Jones. He, that's uh, yeah. He's uh, David okay. Bowie's son. He did oh. a he did okay. that movie with uh, uh, was it a space or something? It oh yeah, space of, something. Years ago. No, um, I can't think of the name of it. But he's done a bunch know. of movies. Unfortunately, he did World of Warcraft movie was his last big thing but anyways that wasn't a hit it was in china but anyways alex is adapting his story for a comic and the kickstarter is doing like i mean it was just amazing i i retweeted it and then i went to promote to uh you know buy into it and i was like holy cow they hit their goal and they're like how much 
like 250,000 bucks oh, or something. Good for Alex. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's good for them. The, the other one that was, that did well was, was uh, J uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Dave Johnson just did one like a month ago that also made good bucks. And I ordered that one too. I try to do that for people I know. I try to, yeah. you know, support in the event that someday they will support me. <laughs> Why are you working on a project? No, but I mean, it's good. So here, check this out. There's Jerry Ordway's latest artwork. What is that no, for? Is. Well, Adventures of Superman. Yes, what issue? 436. This is the one that had controversy. I'm going to hold this as close as I can. What's the controversy? The panel of this was a the Millennium crossover. Yeah. And all the all the there's a bunch of Smallville citizens that were put in like glass uh, yeah. bubbles. Yeah. And there's Ralph Cranston and Ed Norton. That was yeah. I see him. I see as that was the controversy. When the comic came out, Steve Englehart. Uh, when, I don't know if he, if he did this at a convention or something, but it made it into print where he was like questioning that Smallville had a uh, big enough sewer uh, system that Ed Norton would work at. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's what you're questioning? <laughs> it was just funny. So it became like a, before the internet, it was uh, probably the only kind of controversy that you could, just to question somebody's story. It's like, hey, it's just a comic thing. I thought it would be fun to draw, you know, Ed Norton since he was I a saw I saw at Richie's Comic Cabana today he had a comic book on the wall it was called Jab okay and it was uh, there was a bullet hole through the comic book Oh and, I think was and, this and, a 90s book uh, who a 90s comic Yeah they had printed the book with an actual hole through yeah. it and that hole goes throughout the whole story Right It was a dumb gimmick It was a dumb gimmick he has one on the wall but I was like whatever Do you ever read this book yeah, I have, for a dime. It's good. It's good. Yeah, no, I found this when I was collecting my going through my stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's a, a lot book. of a lot of books I never heard of. Ibis that one's a good. That one. That one's got some good history in it because the the guy who wrote it was a uh, Richard Lupoff was a a uh, yep and Don Thompson who Don and Maggie Thompson. Were I was gonna say Maggie Thompson, comic buyer's guide. Yep. Um, they edited. It. I bought this. Speaking of Richard Lupoff, I found this. This is the sleeve, not the book. But he wrote a novel. I found it. I have of that. I have that. I haven't read it. I, I pulled it out of the sleeve and I, I meant to read it. I was going to use my commuting time to read it. But here's one we all remember, kids. This is when Super Snipe Comics. There you he, go. When he spanked Hitler. And yep, Super Snipe actually became a comic store in New York City. And do you know who was part owner of Super Snipe? I just know that it ran. Was that the one that George Lucas was? George coming? Lucas, yeah, because I know I lost a hundred dollar bet to uh, to uh, John Cimino about that. Oh, oh boy, that was something. He's like, name the bookstore that that George Lucas owned. I go, I don't know, and it turned out to be, it was Super Snipe Comics. And well, didn't he invest in it when? He made his first big bucks. Yeah, yeah. When he first made his money on THX one one three eight. Not that yeah. he made a lot, but he ran. He no, but yeah. And you know who was going to talk about that? Don Glut, who yeah. was a roommate of George Lucas, who was coming to Terrificon. Charles Lippincott, who just passed away a couple of weeks right. ago, was also a roommate of George Lucas. Don Glut is famous for making these student, we would call fan movies, but he made these Spider Man movies and. Right. superhero movies in the late 60s early 70s he was the original fan film thing and at terrific con which is now going to be 2021 
he is going to do a whole lecture and a whole bunch of uh, uh, demonstrations of his uh, student films or his fan films. But the thing of it is, Don Glut also wrote the Empire Strikes Back movie adaptation. But the other thing that Don Glut did was he wrote What If books, and he wrote What If Jane Foster Became Thor, and that issue number 10 is now worth big bucks, but it's like you never know. What's well, well, he worked for Gold Key a lot, too, because they think he was a California guy. Yeah. Yeah, he did a lot of, like, the Gold Key comics in the <clears throat> 70s and stuff. Do you got this book? I do. You ever talk about oh. that Speaking of, yes, of Superman serial to movies, series. you could do a feature with me because I did make I made eight millimeter movies. I did uh, Spider Man well, versus the Wolfman. You still I have? Did, yeah, they're like all th- like three minutes long. No, but did you, have you transferred them on to like? Did <laughs> have them on a? I have them on a VHS tape. Do you really? Well, we yeah. you could be part of our film festival next year at Terrificon. Do I have to post them on YouTube? No, just give them to me, and I'll have Don upload them. We'll do something with them. And then I, I found this when I was doing I got so many of these, I'll be able to retire and put my kids through college any day be, now. Maybe they are worth money now. Well, the funny thing is there's two. At a show that I'm at or Dan Jurgens is at, I would bet that, that they, they probably can get more for them at the dealer tables. You think so? Yeah, All because right. people want them autographed. Yeah. So. I found a lot of books here, and I, I swear I could spend the next 20 years in isolation. I mean, look at this one. This was good. I didn't think I had these, but I found it. Those, that's a good run. Herp Usick and George Perez. That's a good run, and Alve inked them. Yep, look at that. Alve did a nice job inking. It was, uh, that's a great run of books. It even was a good run after George left. I think Alan Davis took over, right? Alan Davis, Kieran Dwyer. Um, yep. Karen Dwyer, I can announce that. He's coming next year. He said he'd come to Terrific Con 2021. So there you go. Never been to Connecticut in a long time. Even well, though he, his mom. Yeah, he was here. He was a teenager here with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, look at that. A lot of these. I found these too. These heroes. Oh, yeah. Reborn. Yep. Wizard half issues that Wizard used to send out to people. Yeah. Well, right. Wizard was interesting because Wizard would create collectibles by by putting it in their magazine that they were worth money. <laughs> I know. I found a whole bunch of them. Look, I got Brigade, too. Yeah. yeah. Brigade. Anyway, there's a lot of stuff. But that's all I got. Terrificon 2020 is never going to happen. It lives only in our memory, like the uh, the, the uh, Road Warrior. So you the show that could have been. Think about doing a virtual con. I th- Well, just like you and I are doing right now. We'll just sit there and we'll go to... T- We'll have Howard Chaykin show up and just walk around in his boxer shorts. And well, you could do a Zoom thing, and we could all be sketching. Oh, right, and you could have people like message in and and, and buy ask the questions or make requests. We could do that. We could see. I had have have had. I have had had. People ask me. Hello, lady. Lady. And the thing and. I'm gonna kill Daredevil. <laughs> That's my. It's I amazing. Fly. I could. I could be the owl. I can fly with my half coat. <laughs> I could be the my hair. I can make it look like the Mad Thinker. Brother Theodore. I still Brother Theodore. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know, just look up. Brother yeah, please Theodore. watch the video. If you're listening to this on audio only, and there's like two or three hundred people that do that the day it comes out, you're missing a hell of a lot. If you don't watch. Uh, don't hate us because we're beautiful. No. And you know what's sad? I was playing my uh, um, Marvel chess set with the boy, Owen. 
and I dropped Craven. He's no longer hunting. He's more like oh. Craven, the multiple. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't craving too much. He doesn't have hands anymore. Well, he's craving food. He's craving <laughs> food. He must, he must leave early, too, to get in line. But anyway, this was a great little piece. The craving. Did you save the pieces? You can't glue them back I on? I did, but it's impossible. I tried. I mean, there's his, his sword. You need, you need to epoxy? No? I don't know what could do it. I've tried. But Super glue doesn't work? No. It sucks because it was a really nice little piece, but it is what it is. <laughs> anyway, we're, I'm going to wrap the show up, too. It's been fun. You're going to be home. What books you got coming out? You got the Norse Gods thing coming out? Yeah, Norse Gods, I think, is supposed to be out in a couple a week or a couple of weeks. I thought yeah, it was like Damon. Dark Horse moved it from the end of May, but I think it's supposed to come out like maybe whatever the next ship week or the week after. Next Craig, week already? Yeah, P. Craig really? Russell did the adaptation of Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology. I drew like a handful of pages in the first issue, and I yeah. did like 20 pages, in, or yeah, maybe 21 pages in the second issue. So oh, okay. um, my I'm... story is the story of Loki and the gifts, Loki and the dwarves. So it was a really fun one to draw. Am I one of the dwarves? What? Do you use me no. as a reference for one of the dwarves? No, you wouldn't want to claim any of these guys. They're they're pretty hideous. Oh, well, have you seen my hair lately? Uh, <laughs> and then you got uh, when is that that tribute for comic books coming out? When is that coming? Um, out? I don't know. I don't know if I've seen a if AfterShock has done a press release for it yet. Okay. But they went to the printers. It went to the printers on Tuesday. So my guess is they probably are bypassing traditional solicitations, maybe. Okay. Because it's probably going to be sent to stores to sell. I would think the stores would sell them and maybe they get to keep, I don't know, maybe it, maybe they're doing it like a new comic or free comic day where they're selling it to the stores at, at cost and then the stores can get their, you know, keep the profits. But it's it's a promo book like or a, a you know, benefit book for comic stores. So whatever they sell, they get to keep? I would think it's something like that oh that's yeah. kind of cool all right dude what's the but name of it bunch of, there's a bunch of contributors to that and I, I i don't know who else is doing it but i do know that they're they have a bunch of people and my pay my story is a three-page story about the first comic store that i went to so it's a autobiographical thing and when it, and what's the title of the book though I'm not sure. I don't know any of the solicitation details. All right. All right. Well, so it's, already, maybe Aftershock. You know what? I'll ask uh, Mark. I think Aftershock is probably reaching out to comic stores directly, I would think. No, I'll ask Mark Hammond. He works for Aftershock. Yeah. He'll know yeah. about it. Mark Hammond from the All Yeah Comic Shop over in uh, yeah. Harrison. But it's a cool, it was a cool idea, and I thought it was fun. It was fun to do a little, like, nostalgic thing and yeah. delve back into the 70s for me, because it's I get to draw myself when I was a uh, a kid i was a i think the first time i went was 70 i was a sophomore in high school so it would have been uh like 1972 or something and uh you know that was the beginnings of the direct sales market mm -hmm. kind of sprang up around atlas comics did you know that you know atlas, atlas comics from mark goodman martin goodman after or yeah the uh right martin goodman yeah. when yeah. they sold marvel he had some kind of problem and decided to go in competition with Mar with Marvel. So right. he created this. He got Shaken. He got Larry Hama. He got Milgram. He got Archie oh, Goat. Buckler. Yeah, there was a bunch of them. Yeah. And uh, the big newsstand distributors kept them off the stands. So they never hit the stores. They never hit the newsstands. There were no comic stores. 
Bill Suling found an, and saw a need for this. So Suling went to the distributors and said, hey, I'll buy these copies from you wholesale. And then Suling connected with different stores across the country and basically sold the first direct market. So Atlas Comics were the first ones that comic, even second stores could get new, brand new. Help create the direct market business. In and it did, yeah. He, he founded Seagate uh, Distributing after that point. So, and a couple of years later, they were distributing limited Marvel in DC. Well, there you go. So that's the beginning of direct, the direct market. See, you learned something here on the Power Cosmic. You don't think you do, but you did. <laughs> oh, well. Well, anyway, I'm going to wrap it up. So you're going back into the sunlight eventually. And, yeah. I'm, gonna be, and I'm out there on the road hitting right. comic stores. My, you mean my quarantine? <laughs> No, 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 no. We're all, we're all. Be able to, I'll be able to leave the house uh, next week. So. All right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You're not missing much. Let me tell you. And pretty soon we'll be able to get pizza again. So that's, that's a good thing. We'll wow. be able to get that colony grill pizza outside. I will be missing that. June 20, I think June 24th, we might be able to go inside to places, I think. Well, when it, did, did, have you ever checked to see if they're doing the parking lot? For they are. They're, well, Milford's In got Fairfield. it. And Fairfield's got it, too, I found out. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know about your coffee shop, but maybe. I don't know. They have that space. I would imagine they could bring coffee outside. But. Yeah, you just get hit by a car driving through really fast. What is that? <laughs> All right. I'm going to say good I'm going to say good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. All right. Give back. This has been a production of Big Fedora Marketing, LLC. The folks that bring you the terrific Comic-Con, GamerCon, and so much more. Thanks for listening.